Hi, welcome to the uh, very first Quips the Nerd podcast. Uh, I'm Quipster, and uh, in this podcast we talk about all things 40k and focus on people in the hobby. Today I've got with me uh, Willem St. John, uh, who is one of the founders of a very special board gaming cafe called Bad Moon Cafe. Right. Thanks for having me on, Alex. That's okay. Um, do you want to give me the elevator pitch of like what this place is? Okay. Because it's a very so, interesting concept. Uh, Bad Moon Cafe really came about uh, out of a desire for a sort of more premium gaming experience from three friends who met playing together in London. Um, we really enjoyed the hobby and we increasingly felt like there were things that could be improved about the places we were playing. Um, and so then a great combination of skills kind of uh, culminated in us deciding to, to undertake building our own business uh, and our own gaming space. Um, so I guess we just try and push everything kind of to the next level from the custom gaming tables to the barista coffee and all that kind of thing, great stock holding. Uh, it's all about kind of turning it up to 11. Awesome. I mean, I find it quite interesting that um, of the three of you, well, there's four of you now. Do you there, wanna, is, there is four yeah, of us, so, yeah. Yeah, so you, you guys met Paul on, what was it, Daka Daka? We met Paul on Daka Daka. Um, Who the hell still uses Daka Daka? <laughs> How is that a thing? That's what I thought. We were, we were um, recruiting for staff, and at this point it was just a, a sort of a pipe dream and a presentation, so people were really <laughs> it's having a PowerPoint to, and nothing else. Exactly, well, yeah, or, or more just an, an email promising... Uh, this awesome, this awesome job in a great oh, hobby wow. store that didn't exist. <laughs> um, so we weren't being flooded with responses at that point, um, and so we were really uh, scraping the barrel. Uh, and <laughs> we, one of the posts went up on Daka Daka, um, and we were and we were Paul reached out to us, which was fantastic. Wow. And I went and met him, and he was he was lovely, and we knew straight away he'd be a great member of the team, um, awesome. and he has been, um, and now he's one of the one of the co-owners of the business. Fantastic. I mean, so how does it work between the four of you? Um, so, like, I know Hugh's still working full-time at the moment. Um, mm. He's doing a lot of video production stuff, right? Yeah, so um, me and me and Paul are, I guess, the boots on the ground. We work full-time here, sometimes a bit more than full-time. Um, <laughs> and uh, Boris and Hugh uh, help out in, in many other ways, but they, they have full-time jobs as well. Awesome. Oh, actually, so Everyone's very busy, basically. I can imagine. <laughs> I was going to say, talking about Boris, did you see that uh, Hellstorm video he was in? Yeah. yeah oh that, my God, that was me, so it funny. Me laugh. <laughs> I don't know how he felt about it. He did, he made a, when he appears on podcasts and in videos and things, he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't often tell me. And if he does, it's sort of like a slight <laughs> reference to something. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, he made a little joke about it. And then I, I went and watched it. And it's, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was great. They completely yeah. cut all of his audio and just, yeah. and just started playing <laughs> yeah. it. Sort of, uh, yeah, communist anthem. I, I thought it was a, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what it was really funny. But, um, yeah, so I was going to say, talking about, like, you guys, I find it really interesting that, like, for a start, you are a very interesting one because, like, you're such a nice person, but you're, like, in comparison to that, weirdly competitive when you play 40K. <laughs> yes, this, this is true. I, I think that extends to um, do any kind of game Oh honest. really? Yeah, I think my friends would. Uh, my friends would probably say the same. Uh, I think, yeah, nice guy goes out the window. Um, and uh, <laughs> it's such I'm, a nice guy, but on tabletop, he's <laughs> such a dick. <laughs> until I until I'm assured of victory, you know, then it's uh, then it's about it's about the win. Um, okay. I, it's definitely a, definitely a subconscious thing that I think I've, I've realised. 
realized uh, now and embraced somewhat. Um, I didn't use the, when I played when I was younger, as, mm. as we all did, you know, it was never really about winning as much. Um, and I was kind of thrown into the competitive scene by Boris, who, who plays loads. Um, I didn't know Boris was the one who got you into like the competitive stuff. He was, yeah. So because um, he's super competitive, he is indeed. So we all we all met playing Age of Sigma. Really? Yeah. I didn't and even I was, know you played AOS. Well, see that? Yeah, not anymore. Oh, sure. um, so <laughs> me and Hugh, mm-hmm. I yeah, Hugh's of, massive I, into it still, isn't he? He is big Sigma guy. I sort of uh, trying to dip my toe back into the hobby after a huge hiatus, as as ninety percent of the people I speak to in this store have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I googled Warhammer London, and I found the London Wargaming Guild. Of course. Um, and the person who picked up my offering of a game was Hugh. And we both very sort of nervously set up our models and uh, <laughs> grabbed a pint. Um, and then it became a bit of a regular thing. We'd play together once every sort of two weeks. And then he, uh, he eventually introduced me to Boris, who we'd met through playing Age of Sigma as well, who was uh, playing Death. Uh, but very uh, disillusioned with it. Oh, really? Um, and then Boris kind of convinced me to play 40k um, mm-hmm. when we decided we were going to do this. He said, you know, you can't not play the biggest selling game <laughs> in, the, <laughs> in, the, in the market. So, um, so he said, I've got your ticket to this tournament. Uh, you need to get an army ready. You have a month. Was it the fun of life? It was the fun of life. No. Oh, um, my God. So you'd only been playing 40k for like a month? Uh, not when I played you. That was my second time at the, at the fun of life. But yes, yeah, I, I played three games with Boris. Jesus. Mm. And I, I cobbled together some space marines. Um, wow. And then at, at first I was, you know, oh, there's a few things that are different to Age, Age of Sigmar. And, mm. and in my experience, the Sigmar community can be quite sort of a... Uh, can deride 40k players and a few. Problems, oh, I think that goes both ways. It goes yeah. both ways. Um, so you know, I'd heard all these all these things. You know, you're going to get shot off the table in first turn and all this, all this kind of uh, mm. stuff. Um, Hold that thought. Okay, okay. and we're back. Sorry, where were we? No worries. Uh, we, we're talking about uh, getting into 40k. Yes. Um, and long story short, I, I got kind of uh, thrown in at the deep end, uh, mm. but I loved the tournament. I had a great time. Um, and, and then I was kind of hooked from then on. I played my Space Marines for a while, and then I eventually started playing Tau, um, which okay. was my main army for a little while. And how we, and yes. how we met, playing that, the uh, <laughs> Run and Fluff tournament, part that two. is how we met. So um, I feel like I should regale like, my side of this story. Mm. So uh, I, the Fun and Fluff that we met at was actually the first competition that I've ever done. Mm. Um, and so, obviously, you see the list the day before, and I was just like, I'm not going to lie, I looked at, this, at the, the thing, and I was just like, Willem St. John? This guy sounds like a prick. <laughs> Thank you very much. But, like, oh my God. Firstly, how wrong was I, considering, like... We had a, we had a great time. A, we had a great time, especially considering that... Um, I don't think I'd played Tao up until that point. Mm. And, um, yeah, I made a lot of mistakes... And got blown off the board by turn three. It was, was it a, turn three. It was unfortunate. Oh my was god! A, um, but I was very, I was very worried when I saw your army. I, I don't know why. I hadn't, <laughs> I hadn't played custodies, and you know, I think of them as these uh, invulnerable uh, golden I mean, boys. It's because normally they are. <laughs> but if yeah. you're facing a tower gun line, and you have to like, uh, and they deployed at the back of the board, and made all these silly mistakes, yes. but. I was going to say, one of the big things I really like about... Uh, I'm not sure if this is the case for the rest of the, the community or the competition community in London, 
but I have met so many really cool people. Like, especially at the Fun and Fluff. It was six games yeah. over two days. Yeah. And every single game I had, um, actually bar one, were all like super nice guys. I was like, oh my God, let's meet up for games and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. The one guy who I was just like, hmm. Am going to get details? <laughs> uh, I mean, to be fair, it wasn't even like that he was a dick or anything. It was more a case of, I think the hobby tends to attract a lot of like guys who are a bit socially awkward. Mm. Um, and so... Yeah, it was just a. Uh, it wasn't. It was just a little bit awkward. Mm. No, he wasn't like. He was a nice guy. Yeah. Um, also, he bought Eldar and just fuck, just fucking annihilated me. Happens. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I think like I've had very few bad experiences mm. in London, yeah. especially. But uh, yeah, so sort of going back to uh, like Bad Moon Cafe, how mm. you guys started. Mm. Um, what was it like in the beginning? Like starting because you were working. Where were you working before? I was working for the John Lewis Partnership. I was doing a retail management there. So uh, it was not, a, like a grad scheme, similar, wasn't it? But um, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was just mm-hmm. uh, just through the usual channels. Mm. Um, not dissimilar, but different in loads in loads of other ways. Um, it it was yeah, it was hectic and exciting in the beginning for sure. Um, I think we, despite planning, you know we. You, never realized quite how many little things there would be to do Mm. um so there's a lot of scrambling for the first few months um but yeah everyone picked up the slack paul especially was amazing (laughs) um and yeah there was a lot of long weeks um and it's great to be in a place now where we're kind of getting into our rhythm and can uh, take a bit more rest and do some more painting Um, yeah but no it was it was great it was it was exhilarating i I can't believe it's been nine or ten months now already it's it's sort of like uh just yesterday I was kind of thinking back to when we first opened and we kind of the first customer and uh and evenings where there'd be just two people playing a game in here um and then yeah looking around last night it's kind of we got used to this place being being pretty much full and most nights of the week which is which is amazing I was gonna say in the beginning especially with any business it was cold as well oh yeah of course because you guys have opened like November Mm, yeah but I was gonna say at the beginning of any business like You've not got that many people coming through the door. No. You like the word isn't out there yet. No. And so, like, what did you guys do in the beginning to like generate interest to get people in yeah, the community I mean, excited? I think that's that would be my my biggest piece of advice to anyone thinking of doing a similar undertaking. Is that I think the most crucial thing for us has been marketing and advertising and and getting the word out there. Um, and uh, in the beginning, we just we just didn't really know what we were doing. Uh, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all you guys had come from. Not necessarily like an entrepreneurial background, but it was all like working in like either large companies or like medium-sized companies. Mm. And none of you guys have started a business before, had you? No. Yeah. No, not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. So and we, had, we have Hugh, who's, who's an absolute wizard um, uh, with design and, and video, and he can do some amazing stuff. And he made I've these, seen. I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. So he, we had a few sort of promotional videos before we opened, which, um, which considering... We, we were nobodies uh, had had a reasonable amount of attention um, so that was that was awesome and that helped um, but I just don't think we realized quite how consistent you have to be and it has and the volume um, you know you have to just constantly be getting stuff out there um, so yeah we uh, we've now taken on a professional marketing agency and, and it's 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 done wonders already I mean it's only been a month and before that, we were sort of scrambling to, uh, to, do, to do it ourselves with varying degrees of success. 
Um, I'm definitely a, a technophobe on our team, and I'm I not hadn't social noticed. Media, <laughs> not social media trained, um, but uh, yeah. So this is that. That's been that's been great, and I think we've even in the last few weeks we've seen an increase in the number of people just coming in, sort of casually dropping in for ball games. I think we it was easy enough to engage the Warhammer community because mm. um, we knew we knew a few people, and you know we had something that was quite unique at least mm. we think in London I was going to um, say as well like in terms of this space mm. like a god how do you even find this how do we like, find it because this is what you've got what like 20 20 tables full terrain like and space for board games and like this whole painting setup mm. yeah we did it we did some hunting around um that was a sort of uh yeah exciting time where where me and me and Boris were uh, hunting around London, looking at a few different venues, um, and yeah, it's funny to think back on it. So some of the places we we thought would work, oh, yeah. or, or or we thought were better, or whatever, you know. Now I think about, it, I'm like, wow, that really would have been a terrible <laughs> decision. Um, uh, my dad helped out a lot as well. Um, okay, so he's an architect, so he was uh, oh, wow. he was handy to have around uh, gotcha. when we would get excited about something. He, he could come in and say, no, this is hopeless. Mm. Um, but yeah, so this was um, this used to be a supermarket. Really? Yes, it used to be a co-op um, oh. uh, with a post office in the back. So we still get a lot of people coming in saying, <laughs> "Is the post office still here?" <laughs> um, and it was no. But yeah, have you tried Warhammer Forty Thousand? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the sales pitch. Um, it was in a real estate. Mm-hmm. Uh, big suspended ceilings. It was sort of you could see where old big fridges have been fitted and everything. It was like, um, yeah. So a lot of work, uh, mm. but actually we found when we stripped back the ceiling, you know, we had this nice concrete uh, sort of industrial vibe going on, uh, and it really fitted in with what Hugh's vision for the place. Um, so yeah, we were really happy with it, and uh, yeah, I think we've it's it's a little bit tucked away, you know. Uh, I mm. think we maybe um, overestimated the amount of walking coffee trade we, we might <laughs> slightly, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, no, it's been fantastic. And I think it's easy enough for most people to get to as well. It's sort of about yeah, five, I mean, five minutes from Borough, exactly. Ten minutes from London Bridge, so. Uh, and like super close to my place, which I'm very happy. Yeah, about. I can cycle from Peckham <laughs> as well, so it's very very easy. But like, I think everyone in the Warhammer community and AOS and whatever mm. has thought about at some point in their lives, like, oh, what if I just opened, like, a shop or like <laughs> a wargaming, you know, mecca. Yeah. kind of thing like I think everyone thinks it at some point mm. and I don't think anyone thinks properly about the realities of it yes yeah, it's, it's not it's not what you expect <laughs> uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of cleaning <laughs> there's a lot of uh, invoicing um, no oh, it's yeah. um, obviously amazing and, and we have we have moments where I definitely think you know this is this is the best job in the world um, really but yeah there's also loads of things you don't you don't think of um, such as I don't know the list, the list, the list is endless. Oh, um, go for it! The, the amount of time that I think, I, I, maybe when you when you dream about that kind of thing, you think you, you maybe imagine yourself sitting, painting scenery or in, uh, talking to people about the hobby and doing demo games, um, and that's really not doesn't constitute two percent of my of my time to be really? honest. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, a, what does? Oof, all, all, <laughs> all sorts, all sorts. Um, just a, a space of this size, and we now have quite a big team. Uh, you know, it just takes a lot of care, basically, and, and making sure everything's running smoothly. So it's like the invoicing, the 
like all sorts of our, our ordering. We have a pretty immense stock holding. Um, and one of our sort of key pillars mm. um, was to have an awesome stock holding. So we always try and have one of every item in okay. stock. Anything Including we, drop pods. Anything we can buy from Game <laughs> Drop. Oh, yes, I have loads of drop pods <laughs> at the moment. And and Stergar veterans. I'm still expecting, well, hoping this will be a this will be a hit. So if you need your drop pods, I'm your man. <laughs> oh, indeed. I, I still remember you told me about like the day the Space Marine Codex drops. Mm. Is that guy that walked in? <laughs> Bought a load of drop pods. Because <laughs> I, I think you ordered like four. You're like, okay, this will this will be enough. Yeah, he cleared me out straight away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, it's yeah, it's a, it's it's a lot of work, but I, but it's a lot of fun at the same time. I think, awesome. um, yeah, I definitely definitely couldn't couldn't do as many hours at any other job. I, I think I'd mm. lose my mind. But um, we all we all love working here. So. I mean, the one thing I because I I work with my family and uh, it's in the family business, and so obviously we own the business. Mm. The one thing I think that surprised me the most um, about working in sort of that entrepreneurial environment mm. was the guilt. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. As soon as I said that, I figured you know what I'm talking about because like I get it every single time that I'm not working or if I'm mm. doing something else, mm. you feel that guilt of shit. I should be doing something. Exactly. Like, I should be yeah. looking at invoices. I should be looking at my emails. Blah blah. blah. If you weren't such a lovely man, I'd be, I'd be <laughs> feeling it right now. Alex. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No. No. All this the is time. marketing. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> all the time. It's huge. Um, you know, part of my job is engaging with people that come to the store. Mm. And, and, and yeah, talking to everyone, being friendly, uh, mm. which I love doing. Um, and people want to play games with you and, and that kind of thing. And I want to play games too. Mm. Um, but you know, yeah, that's when it really kicks in. You know, even even taking a little bit of time for lunch to I don't know play a card game or something, I immediately start to feel very aware of what what needs doing. Mm. Um, and and yeah, uh, I'll be taking my uh, first proper holiday this this year. So uh, oh, nice. that'd be nice taking a week off. Um, but yeah, and, yep. and, and I think I think we all get that, um, you know, just wanting to be constantly in the loop and, and doing things, yeah. and aware that like your your actions are directly contributing to the success of a business. Um, yeah, I mean, I had the same thing. I until someone uh, sort of reminded me of the day, I completely didn't realise I had barely left London in a year, just because I was like working on stuff. I think I, I think last August I went to my uh, friend's wedding in Bratislava, um, and until about a month ago, I realised Jesus. Since then, I left London like once, twice. Wow. Yeah, it's it catches up with you. Yeah. And it like, I think this kind of thing consumes you if you let it. A little bit, yeah. I would say um, this has been the the fastest year of my life, definitely. Really. It's been a, it's been a blink. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I think when you're, when you're this busy, and as you say, it can, all of your attention, you know, you're, you're focused on that, you're thinking about it 90% of the time. Mm. Um, I'm checking, check, even when I'm off, I'm checking the, checking the sales on my phone, checking, the, oh, <laughs> checking yeah. the communication channels. There's such a spiral yeah. though, just like, mm. oh, how many new followers on Instagram we got today? Yeah, yeah. Ah, that's cool. I to switch off sometimes. How do you do that? How do you deal with the anxiety um, and the stress of it? Painting. Okay. Uh, yeah, so. Uh, and now all the ultramarines. Yeah, yeah, all the ultramarines. As so, opposed to about a month ago where you were just like, Alex, do you want to buy some space marines? Yeah, yeah I'm a... Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I've, been, I've been called a meta chaser, which I think is very, very unfair. You know, I, I had... I always, I always, <laughs> space marines. I always, I always, have, an, I always have a, an excuse for, um, for, for playing a, a potentially... 
cheesy army. The Tau, you know, that was my, my first 40k army when I was a kid. So that was sort of, you know, harkening okay. back to uh, innocent times. And Space Marines, I did already have had the army. So when they get a new book, you know, what are you going to do? You've got to, you've got I mean, to jump, all jump back on the bandwagon. Um, but yeah, no, painting um, is, a, is a big stress reliever. I get a mm. podcast on. Soon I'll be listening to your podcast. That's true. Um, That's I'll be true. listening to this and cringing. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then just paint for a, a couple hours and mm. I, I find at that point I don't really think about much else yeah I mean I think that's quite a common thing with a lot of people uh, in the hobby painting is that sort of stress relieving mm. like relaxing thing talking about um, like starting as a kid like how how did you get into the hobby in the first place I don't know actually oh, I, really I, actually, I think uh, one of my friends played um, and so this um, was back when you were what, like 12 back when or? I was no probably like I don't, I don't know. I don't want to give away my age here. Um, uh, we're the same young. age. I was young. I was young. <laughs> I was young. Um, and, uh, well, you're still young. Mm, don't feel young. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and, you know, I don't know about you, but when you're a kid, you, kind of, you barely kind of play the game. You know, oh, yeah. you, you just buy a load of big monsters and, and, and spend three hours laying them out on a carpet and then mm. it's time to go home. Um, but yeah, I, I used to love painting the models mm. very badly. Um, Tell me about it. <laughs> and then, and then I kind of stopped in school because it all of a sudden became, at least, deemed in my school. I don't really mm. like talking about this too much because I don't want to stigmatise anything. But it was very uncool. Mm. Um, and so I kind of stopped until uh, my early twenties when okay. I was looking for something to do that was stress relieving mm. and not screen related, um, not just playing games all the time and. Mm. Uh, so so yeah, picked back up the painting sneakily. I bought some <laughs> Riders of Rohan. Oh wow! Um, because I even when I wasn't playing, I always had this kind of fascination with it. It was kind of like a a, a guilty pleasure. There was a um, a games workshop in where my girlfriend lives, mm-hmm. and I would always walk past, and it was kind of taboo, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I got a lot of stick in 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 school for it. So um so I was kind of like knew I was interested. But I would I couldn't bring myself to kind of go in, you know. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> so, but there was this kind of magnetic attraction, um, and then eventually I bought these rows of Rohan and then squirreled them away, and then I would sort of paint them in my uh, university house uh, secretly. This um, is what in like second year of uni. Is this is in in last year of uni? Okay. Um, and then um, one day my flatmates, who were a great bunch of lads. Uh, eight guys in a house, and they you were living were like, with eight people. Yes, and they were all, um, all like, yeah, big, like big football lads. Uh, okay, uh, but, lads, 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 but lads. lovely, lovely guys. <laughs> um, and and they kind of one of them came in um, and kind of, I guess, caught me in my eyes <laughs> painting these models. Um, and I was, uh, I was, I was like, oh fuck, you know, I was very, very not looking forward to this moment. Oh yeah. Um, but instead, his, his reaction was to run and grab everyone else in the house and bring them all in while I'm there, like, red in the face. Um, and they all thought it was awesome. They were like, this is so cool. Like, how did you do that? How did you do the eyes or whatever? Um, and, yeah, they all thought it was wicked. And they sort of checked back in with me later in the year and said, oh, what have you painted now, Will? Or can you show me these online or whatever? Um, and I think that's been my experience with this place is that, like, actually, the, the stigma around it is complete rubbish you know a lot of people think it's creative they think it's cool um and especially a lot of my female friends you know they don't think it's nerdy or anything they actually they actually think it's pretty awesome um so you have a very different experience my female friends absolutely think it's nerdy (laughs) but please tell me like 
I think if you show passion for something, mm. people respect that. Mm. And especially something like 40K or AOS or whatever, it's one of those things, it's hard to do a little bit. It's either you're yes. in or you're, yes. you're in <laughs> or you're out. Yeah. And so like, I think it's one of those weird things as well. You're never really out. Because like, I remember like for mm. me anyway, I started playing when I was, oh God, I must've been 10, mm. nine or 10, mm. um, back in third edition. Uh, and I remember my dad got me the box set and I would actually go in to Games Workshop in uh, St. Albans yeah. um, every Sunday for like the, the young bloods, like beginner games or whatever. Every Sunday I'd be there for the whole day. Yeah. Um, until I went off to boarding school and like, yeah, it's, I've completely forgotten where I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> you were saying you're never really out. Yes, yes. So I kind of dropped out of it like when I went to boarding school, but like I was still reading, reading some of the books. Mm. I was still keeping up with the website. Yeah. And then um, talking about like in school, the hobby being uncool. It's a bizarre turn of events. I moved back to a state school um, mm. in, for sixth form, moved back to Watford. Um, and you know, in the first uh, couple of weeks of school, you're just like, oh God, I don't want to be friends. Yeah. <laughs> Someone be friends with me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so like we went on this, uh, you know, they do these team, team building yes. days. So we're on the bus coming back from one of those. And my now very good friend, Dom, uh, he's sort of like leaning over the, the seats, talking to a whole bunch of us um, on the coach on the way back. And he made a Warhammer joke. Do you remember what the joke was? Not a clue. Oh. But he made this Warhammer joke and I laughed along with everyone in the group. And he looked at me and he was just like, you don't know what we're laughing at. And I was like, yes, I do. And he was like, no, you don't. He's like, yes, I do. And he was like, by Orphan, she's one of us. <laughs> Instant group of friends. Awesome. I actually, like, I, I, was, I went to his wedding two years ago. Like, wow. another guy who's sitting next to me, I was his groomsman. It's bizarre how the community like yes. is tied together like yeah, that definitely. but even then like at uni when you discover girls and going out like you drop out of the hobby a little bit i was still reading the horus heresy mm. kind of thing and I, I was gonna say like i think especially with eighth edition coming out it's a lot more guys coming back into it is that like what have you guys seen from like people returning? Oh, it's, back? it's I honestly it is ninety mm percent -hmm. uh, the same story, which is mm -hmm. I played when I was younger. I stopped in my uh, sort of late teens to early twenties, mm -hmm. and then late twenties to early thirties, people pick it back up um, for a variety of reasons. Uh, I think GW have just absolutely killed it. Um, <laughs> But I think, I think a lot of it is like, you know, an outlet or something to do to relax, mm -hmm. um, something a little bit different and creative. Uh, but yeah, hear it all the time. And then I think, at least for me, and this might be the same for other people, mm -hmm. um, you didn't really appreciate it in the same way when you were, were young. You know, you couldn't really play the game, which, which has become yeah. part of the... I mean, I think I still enjoy painting the most, but the, the game has become a huge source of enjoyment for me, mm -hmm. my competitive uh, <laughs> inner, inner beast. Um, the voice at the back of your mind is like, <laughs> kill him, kill him now. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think, I think people, you know, they then, A, you have some disposable income. Yes, uh, that's B, true. Yeah, that's, that's a big change from saving up for like <laughs> weeks to buy. I'm going to buy these space marines in four weeks. Pack, a Lord of the Rings <laughs> blister pack, that was me. <laughs> um, but yeah, and you have, you have the income, you know, you, you 
maybe you've got a bit more of a fixed schedule and you can find time to play and, and you have like focus and commitment to actually build a great army and not just buy the next new thing that comes out although a lot of us still <laughs> have that problem <laughs> I mean we call it plastic crack for a reason yeah, it's true it's true I find it very um, kind of not depressing not, not even saddening but I find it like it's cool but I feel like I missed out like if mm. you look at all the stuff that's out there at the moment YouTube, podcasts, Instagram. I wish I had any of this when I was a kid. Yeah? Yeah, because, like, think about how much easier it is to do everything now. Like, back in the day, when you were, like, 12 or whatever, just yeah. like, oh, my God, I learned to dry brush. Yeah, true. And, like, it was, so, it was, like, this masterful technique that you learned off someone, like, some dark art or magic. I remember that with the, with the, the black wash. I mean, oh, now yeah. they, they have this whole range of paints and all kinds oh, yeah. of shades, your washes, your glazes, you know. Um, back in the day, I remember reading in White Dwarf um, mm. just to thin down some black paint with a bit of water and, and it would just give great effects on sort of chain mail or, or something that had previously in it and that was like... Mm. <laughs> I remember I was washing everything after that. I was just like, <laughs> oh my God, what is this sorcery? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I was going to say though, one thing I... I think is like surprisingly common mm. in the hobby, and this is something that I've come up against as well, is um, people dealing or using the hobby to deal with issues, mm. um, either you know, mental health issues or physical issues. For me, it was, um, I've got a condition called ulcerative colitis, um, as you know, um, and so there are long periods of time where I am too physically ill to leave the house. Yeah. Um, I can't do anything, and it's really crap. So one of the reasons I got back into the hobby um, was I was just like I can't play any more Metal Gear Solid 5 <laughs> um, which to be fair is a phenomenal game but I was just like I can't do this anymore um, I need something else yeah. and so this was about November last year when I was uh, I think I was like I saw something online about one of the Horse Heresy books yeah. uh, Master of Mankind I've only, is, I've only read the first three which I'm enjoying oh. a lot Dude, um, no, I'm, you're killing I'm, me. I'm really out of the loop. I haven't read Master of Mankind. Oh my god, it's the best one. Okay. Easily. Should um, I, is it in a long order that I should wait to get there, or shall I just read it tomorrow? Um, you should definitely read it in order. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. I'll give you the, I'll, I'll give you the list later. Yes, please. But, uh, yeah, so it's one of those things that I've been reading the heresy, and um, I realized, God, I need something else to do. Actually, let me just look at the GW website. What's what's going on? Dangerous. And then I saw, oh my god, custodies are now an army. Mm. You can buy custodies. So that was it. I was in, and uh, <laughs> immediately dropped four hundred pounds in wow. games well, workshop. They were fantastic looking army. Exactly. But it was one of those things that I needed. I needed something that I could just be ill and sit mm. and do for four hours. Yeah. Um, and so that was the painting. Um, and then contacted a couple of buddies who used to be back it, who used to be into it, and was just like, dude, I'm getting into 40K again. Do you guys want to join? And they were all just like, oh my God, yes. Um, so I use it as that form of like stress release um, and like distraction from being ill. Mm. You had kind of a similar thing while you were yeah. at uni, didn't you? Yeah, I think I, I had some pretty bad anxiety at uni. Uh, and I guess uh, perhaps manifested itself in not wanting to spend much time around other people and as I mentioned to you I had a very lively house uh, and sometimes that was that was a bit much um, 
so yeah, I think uh, sort of squirreling away to my room and painting a ride of Rohan mm. uh, was yeah a way for me to kind of switch off and and relax. Mm. Uh, and it's it then kind of fed into actually being a really great tool for me feeling more confident. Um, mm. When I came back to London, wanting mm. to play games, mm. uh, I like I said, I searched and found the London Wargaming Guild. Mm. Um, and previously, if someone had said, you need to go and spend three hours with a stranger <laughs> and you can't leave, you know. Because um, at this point, your anxiety was very bad, as mm, far as I know. Yeah, I wasn't, uh, wasn't, wasn't keen on going to sort of anything social or too many people around. I was kind of, uh, I guess, becoming more isolated. Um, and even at uni, it was yeah, like... Oh, it, it, it helped me do my dissertation, but, it, um, but yeah. yeah, it was uh, yeah, not, not great at all. Because like, it was um, three years that you like, almost didn't leave the house. No, it was largely, I mean, the two years really, second year and third year was when it really, I think I realized it was a problem. Um, and yeah, it, it became prohibitive, basically. You know, it was, I was not feeling comfortable in seminars and, and having to leave social situations that I would have previously felt, felt completely comfortable in. Really? Um, so yeah, so after painting all these models I thought you know mm. finally I've got to play a game I've got mm -hmm. to go through this um, and me and Hugh get there and mm -hmm. I've never asked him how he was feeling but I think he was a bit nervous and I was very nervous okay. um, and then uh, you know the situation as I described that otherwise you know I, I would have been dreading mm. um, you know we just kind of got lost in, in playing with our demons and orcs <laughs> um, and, and next thing I know you know I've, I've made a friend with a, a stranger which is a, an interaction I would have really not reveled in um, mm. and and I had someone that shared this this interest and I think that kind of spans Warhammer as a whole I know you, you touched on people sometimes with maybe not the best social skills playing mm. um, and I think that's part of what makes it fantastic is that you know this person might not be the most confident in everyday interactions but when you get to the table you immediately know that you share something in common um, and it's maybe like another language or something you know you're, mm. when, when you're in the game you're not people can maybe be them be themselves a little bit more and it definitely helped me um and then i guess the way i started feeling much more confident was by doing things like that and realizing hey it's not so bad you know <laughs> <laughs> nothing 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 bad's going to come of it you know so um kept going kept playing putting myself in situations that were a bit uncomfortable um and yeah and then i, I was cured <laughs> so, so I, I always find it really interesting because like after having met you mm. um like I've been around you and mm. like seen you interact with like everyone here my first my first instinct isn't to say that is someone who at mm. one point suffered with social anxiety to like yeah. such a heavy degree well it's a big it's a, it's a big it's a big thing um at school I was very uh confident guy you know charming uh, outgoing yeah. ladies man no, <laughs> no not really um but yeah never always um very comfortable um and so yeah it was only really only really in, in, in those years and I think it's a very common thing in people's sort of early 20s mm. um, I, I know a lot of my friends actually who've had problems with it um, and pe people would tell me that I'm feeling really anxious and I didn't really know what that meant mm. I kind of I think before I experienced it myself I kind of thought you know I equated it to the feeling before you go to an exam where it's kind of almost excitement you know mm. I was always just excited to get it done. I was yeah, that pretty, pretty crap at them, but I was just like, oh, oh this is a little bit, you know, uh, excited. Um, mm -hmm. And it was only really that I, when I experienced it myself, you know, sort of heart pounding, 
feeling lightheaded, feeling like you have to just leave the situation. And mm. that I kind of realized, wow, that's a serious thing. And it and it's, can really affect your life mm. and, and limit what you feel comfortable doing and therefore a job you could do or, or your social circles or all sorts. Um, so yeah, I'm, uh, I don't know. I try and, I don't know what I can do to help other people, but <laughs> if, I, if I notice someone is perhaps uncomfortable in, especially in this environment or playing mm. a game or whatever, you know, or if any of you do, um, please go out of your way to make them feel comfortable. Uh, and that might be the step in them realizing that they do feel, they do feel okay in those situations. Fantastic. I mean, one thing I found as well, um, and I've, I actually said this in the video that you did uh, mm. about the league. Yeah. Um, Thank you for taking part, by the way. We oh, were, no, We no, were having to drag people up. Come on. Oh, God. You know, it's, they're all my friends because uh, yeah. they're the only people that would agree to being <laughs> filmed at such short notice. I was saying this, I think Matty Hunter was just like straight in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolute legend. Oh, great guy. But um, I think that's something I found very interesting, especially um, with this community. A, it draws you in so much. Mm. Um, and it draws, in, draws you in when you've got this, this shared thing that you've all got. Um, but also, like I said in that video, I think, I, in fact, I know I have made more fr friends in the last eight months of playing 40K than I have in the last three years of living in London. Because, yeah. like, and even the people I talk to now, I speak, I talk, like, everyone, all the contacts on my phone, like, the people I speak to the most are 40K people. Am I Will 40K? No, you're, I, oh, God, I've got to have full <laughs> names. Everyone's oh, okay, got to have full yeah. names. It's yeah, like, I'm, I'm uh, I'm definitely a Alex 40k kind of guy. Oh you're, no! You're, no don't worry, you're, you're, you've, you've got a you've got a full name, but the way my brain works, you know, remembering remembering people. Ah oh, no, rookie mistake! You put it in the notes. So yeah. when you click on the thing. It's just like this is how I know this person. But um, that's some granular. Oh yeah, but I'm oh, like yeah. I'm relentlessly organised. Yeah, please like, share some with me. You've seen my Trello board. I have. <laughs> it makes me anxious. Oh, how does it? Make, it's it's so organised. Just the amount of stuff to do <laughs> oh yeah okay that's true but um i'm actually going to make a video about this um how i use the kanban method uh to mm. organize all my painting stuff so Fantastic. it's uh it's actually how we do our stuff uh, in our business as well um three columns in trello to do in progress done and then you take off the things that you've done, you move them across the thing. Mine is just, uh, I have all these models piled on the just desk. Just a mishmash of you know, ultramarines. And I sit down and I'm like, oh. <laughs> I just kind of pick something up, paint a little bit, and then, oh, bored of that. Grab something else. This yeah, is not terrible. good for your it's anxiety. Uh, no, no, maybe not. <laughs> uh. Another thing, though, as well, I was, uh, was going to ask. So, in terms of, like, personal relationships, mm. um, your relationship with a girlfriend, all that mm. kind of stuff, how has it been like co-owning this business, getting it off the ground and Ooh. trying to maintain like yeah. relationships and friendships with people. How yeah. have you done it? Um, well, luckily I have, I have some wonderful friends mm -hmm. and a wonderful girlfriend. Um, so we've been together a long time and she understands how important this was to me when we were deciding to do this. Mm. Um, and yeah, to quit my quite stable job um, yeah. to come and do something with a, a gentleman who I've grown very close with but I'd only known for a few months mm. um, obviously I confided in her a lot and, and she was always a big proponent of, of doing it you know? um, so she's been great uh, don't get serious much as I'd like that is changing <laughs> now um, for a while it was the first few months was you know mm. sort of like 16 hour days 
almost seven days a week. Jeez. <laughs> so it was full on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now just planning. You know, it is a bit, it is a bit stressful, but you mm. find time and then make the most of that time and try and not just be tired and want to flop on the sofa and, and realize that, that, you know, you're only seeing that person once or once every two weeks or something, you know. Mm. So, you know, make it quality time. Um, friends. Mm. I don't, I don't see them. So luckily, they're all lovely guys and girls who, yeah. um, who I talk to on the phone, mm. and I see probably once every <laughs> month and a half, two months. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, made loads of new friends here, mm. um, and the people like I work, me. like you, um, and the people I work with are, are, are my friends. So um, yeah, that's kind of my social time. Also, like my my job is a lot of interacting with people mm. so um, sometimes in my time off I don't want to do it's like leave me alone fuck yeah, off yeah <laughs> I, um, my day off's tomorrow and I intend to do loads of washing tidy the house do loads of painting and, mm. and probably not see another human till about four o'clock in the afternoon and I may I may venture out and see <laughs> my friends um, but yeah no definitely uh, can put some strain on friendships and relationships I mm. guess uh, it depends on how uh, time intensive your uh, those relationships are you know whether you whether you need to see someone all the time or whether you can deal with being apart and, and communicating in other ways um, but yeah I don't think it's sustainable forever no I would say I would say with these things you know you've got to sprint for a while um, and Boris will tell me to keep sprinting um, <laughs> but yeah Boris I, is a machine I, though I, he is a he is a machine like none other the most, I think he's the most efficient man I've ever met <laughs> Um, and his productivity levels are just uh, really up there. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I, I'm getting more time now. And, and then you can go back and, and sort of patch up those, uh, that lost time, I guess. Mm. Um, but the, uh, yeah, the key thing would just be make quality time. If you, know, if you are going to see people, don't just mong around and watch a movie. Um, you know, go and do something fun and, and, and draw up all your remaining energy. Awesome. How about you? How do you find that? I mean, with me... I see you playing here a fair amount. Yeah, I do come here a lot. Yeah. Um, So with me, I'm a very, uh, like... I don't want to say all or nothing kind of person, but I get very passionate about stuff. Like, when I was at uni, I was fencing three times, four times a week sometimes, gym four times a week. I was doing some rock climbing on top in first year as well. Um, And then, sort of, after that, um, I, I'm actually using 40k um, as a way of filling that kind of void in my life mm. because um, I, for the last two years of like especially dealing with this heavy chronic illness, um, wh- one thing it does is it really affects your energy levels. Mm. Um, so imagine everything you do now with 70% of the energy that you have. Like, yeah. Wow. Exactly. So... I was trying to um, like help my family with the business and take a lot of responsibility away from my mum because she's, she was a sole entrepreneur mm. doing everything and running essentially three businesses simultaneously. So I was trying to take um, responsibility away from her to make her life easier while at the same time dealing with crap energy levels and at time like pretty chronic, like chronic pain and all this kind of stuff. Um, and all of that while, I couldn't do any sport obviously. Mm. And sport, like, especially at uni, I was a very, very sporty person. And then if you take that away, A, in terms of um, 
in terms of just like the logistics of how much time that takes up in your life, that's a big chunk of time you've suddenly got where, with nothing to fill it. Mm. Um, and that was, that was quite hard for me. Um, and then, you know, since November playing 40K, I suddenly realized, oh, I have this thing that I love that yeah. I can use to fill that void. I'm now slowly get, getting back into sports, but this is like still skinny me. This is about 10 kilos I was going to say though, you know, I, I dropped basketball for, for Warhammer and I gained about five <laughs> <laughs> And you seem to be doing okay not playing any sports. This is the thing though, like, um, especially with something like ulcerative colitis, mm. um, the problem isn't, um, the problem isn't uh, gaining weight. The problem is um, losing weight. So if I don't do any sport, I lose muscle mass. Mm. Um, and I can't really put on that much fat because um, I don't have large intestine. Um, a lot of people watching this won't know about that. So I'd better explain watch, that really watch quickly. Watch part one, right? You yeah, what's the one with, uh, I did with my buddy Vijay. But um, just a quick explainer. Um, ulcerative colitis is where your large intestine, I'll talk to the camera. Ulcerative colitis is where your large intestine isn't recognized as part of your body, so your immune system attacks it. I had a very big attack of it when I was about uh, 14 or 15 and had to have my large intestine removed. Had a colostomy bag for a while, had another surgery to get it all internalized, and uh, now I just deal with um, the effects from the surgery rather than just the colitis itself. But uh, yeah, no, that's why I'm, I'm here so often. I'm feeling that void in my life. Well, you're very welcome. Thank you. But um, thank, thank you for all your support in, uh, in sharing the good word of the Bad Moon Cafe. Honestly, like, I wish this kind of space had existed when we were kids. Mm, me too. Because, like, to have a space where, A, you can kind of introduce people to the hobby that have no, like, like it's not on the horizon at all. Mm. And just say, like, oh, yeah, let's go to this board game cafe. Oh, have you seen this thing I do also? <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> Um, like is is really cool, and also like I always say, this is this is astoundingly much better to do than like floor hammer, like around mm. someone's house, or like kitchen table hammer. Like this is the civilized way to play, <laughs> and it's also in central London, so it's like between all of my other friends. Perfect. Mm. One thing I always thought was quite interesting about this kind of setup though how like what kind of what what would you say is the biggest most surprising problem you've run into mm. tough question i put you on the spot tough, here tough question um ah i would say hmm. finding something to do on saturday evenings has really? been the biggest problem yes yeah how so uh, just it's like a ghost town it's tumbleweeds in the Re Bad Moon Cafe oh ah, um, okay yeah I think uh, you know you would have just assumed that would be a good time mm. for, for a business like this you know people dropping in having some drinks playing some games mm. maybe not Warhammer but um, ball games or something yeah yeah I think I think maybe maybe not just that day but the biggest the hardest thing has been I guess organising constant events I, mm. I, I don't think you you know you you start something like this and you think, okay, one day a week we're going to do Dungeons & Dragons, one day a week we're going to do board gaming, and one day a week we're going to do Warhammer. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe we'll do a painting thing or something, you know? Yeah. Um, and that'll be fine. It'll just You're going to set it up, people will come, and it will just grow and grow and grow and grow. Mm. Um, it's not <laughs> my experience of it, you know? Um, it takes constant, constant events. Mm -hmm. Every week you have to think of something new and posting and pushing it and 
uh, A, these things take time, but they also just can't be left. Um, and so the biggest struggle has been A, coming up with those, mm. uh, B, implementing them and, and pushing them and C, you know, tr yeah, trying to find ideas to, to fill a time that you feel should otherwise be working well. So I mean, like the, the midweek uh, has just been amazing for us. Uh, people love come down and play all manner of games. Uh, but then the, the weekend, uh, once it hits sort of five or six o'clock, it can be it can be really quiet. So um, oh, wow. sort of coming up with ways to fill those um, and ways that work for the business. And we, we run a lot of tournaments, mm -hmm. uh, which are fantastic and have helped grow our community massively. Mm -hmm. um, like the league, for example. Oh, the league's a whole other beast. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and they, and you know, they, they're wonderful, um, but they, they aren't always the, the most financially beneficial option. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, yeah, basically trying to, trying to come up with events that keep, keep a space this large with a pretty big team uh, going. Mm. Uh, that's, been, that's been the hardest thing. Okay. Um, staying awake as well. So oh, really? <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, le the league is, uh, has been a, a great example of something like that. You know, it takes a lot of care mm. at the moment we're uh rejigging our matchups i'll speak about what the league is in a moment <laughs> uh, and that is taking loads of time but it, it's been a massive massive success for us um and a great way to just draw people in um awesome whose idea was that whose idea was it um i think we have to give the credit to uh i think frontline gaming oh really uh, ran something very similar in the mm -hmm. states um and Boris follows them. Boris follows everything. Of course. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and he said, you know... You've seen in their podcast. Exactly. That um, was so funny. It was, well, <laughs> he, he had a reason, you know. I, I think his, his daughter was sleeping next door, so he had to be very quiet. Um, so, like, context for that, you, in the podcast, he was like, he sounded like the most awkward person on the planet. <laughs> which he is not. No. Um, so, yeah, we... Um, we, we had the idea to do it and mm. we kind of took their model. Uh, oh, so how's the, it structured? Ah, okay, yeah. So the mm. Mad Moon League, uh, the, the premise is all about A, playing good games against people of a similar skill level. So uh, nobody wants to play someone who is going to absolutely trash them on the table. And equally, that person who's preparing for a tournament um, doesn't really want to spend three to four hours and potentially a journey playing against a new player. You know, um, that's not the practice they're looking for. And that new player might have a terrible time and leave the hobby. Um, yes. So true. you need the new players to be playing against new players and the tournament pros to be battling one another so they're getting the best practice and everyone in between playing mm. against people of similar skill level. Mm. Um, and another part of it is about meeting new people. So I don't know about you, but I, I played Warhammer with Hugh for like half a year yeah um, and <laughs> we're just fantastic Hugh's great and um, and we could always bring some variation in the armies or whatever but you know you've only got what you've got you've only got what you've got yeah. um, and the way this system works is every eight weeks uh, no matter what happens whether you move up move down stay where you are in your ranking um, you will play against four new people uh, which is cool and those are potentially four other people that you might play with outside of the, the league um, and for new friends maybe if they're, That's true. if they're all good and so far they've all been friendly people um, but the way the system works is you have six players in a pod mm -hmm. and there is a number of pods um, all going from one to I think we'll be up to 20 now really? yeah it's a lot of, a lot of oh, people wow. playing which is awesome um, and you play everyone in your pod once so you've got five games to play and you've got eight weeks to play them so it's a bit mm -hmm. like a game every two weeks which is quite yeah. manageable Yeah, uh, people are sort of go on holiday and then just come back and sort of play yeah, two or three games in a week, 
great and you're still going to catch up um that's actually what happened in my pod i had to play three games in the last week because <laughs> everyone was just like on holiday and yeah. of the summer yeah there was a bit of a bit of a rush <laughs> um and then the top two people uh move up to the next pod and the bottom two people move down to the pod below mm. and and the way this sort of in time should really sort people to be playing the kind of games they want to play and so far that has been what's happened in, in, the, in the reports I've had from players you know people are saying they've had great games they've met great people uh, which is really cool and, and it removes quite a difficult aspect of this hobby which is like finding people to play against you know mm. um, we still you can still post on our community page and, and look for a game at a certain time but mm. you know that's I guess that's the traditional way of doing things yeah. um, and and this is kind of makes it much easier you know like you, <laughs> yeah. you just got you just text someone in the pod being like exactly. oh hey guys they want real this day makes their whatsapp chats or whatever mm. and then everyone I still says, think you should get discord by the way discord yeah because well, that would you know my uh, my ability <laughs> to work a computer none <laughs> yes none uh, but Paul seems to have some some understanding of it so maybe he can he can show me the ways um, but yeah no it's been it's been fantastic I'm excited for season 2 to start yeah um, which will have started by the time this comes out yeah actually but probably. season 3 mm -hmm. um, get on Facebook look at the Bad Moon League um, and check it out. You can read the pack there. It's very unrestrictive. Um, yeah, it's just win-loss. It's so just win-loss. That's, that's another thing, you know. We don't mm. want something that puts people off. Um, we want something that, you know, someone who's just bought a pack of Intercessors and a Dreadnought <laughs> can, can still play, you know. Uh, the points is completely up to you. The missions you play completely up to you. Mm. Um, any restrictions you want to put in about painting or whatever, that is within your pot. We don't, we don't impose anything. Actually, yeah, I was going to say... That's one thing that kind of surprised me. Mm. Um, everyone that I've played mm. um, did actually quite high uh, painting standards. Yeah? Like, no, I've, I didn't play any grey plastic. Oh, wow. It was okay. like, no one said, like, oh, yeah, everything must be painted yeah. or put together or whatever. That's just kind of what happened, which I thought was quite nice. Yeah, well, I, I think there's, it's created room for people um, to maybe field things that they might not play otherwise maybe mm. some old models that they love the look of or they've done a great paint job on you know um, or mini marines yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so we, we had we had players who maybe aren't do play a lot and very competitive players but you know mm. they, they they rank themselves lower mm. because they want to play fluffier games or, mm. or try new stuff funny about that including um, simon pritis i was literally about to say simon pritis is in pod simon, six isn't he? simon i'm bumping you up he's <laughs> going he's going up did definitely. you smash his pod um well, his pod was one of the few uh, pods that didn't get too many games in. I think he struggled mm. to um, get in touch with a few people, which yeah, was not the story overall, to be honest. I think mm. we played 75% of all the potential games, something like 200 games were played. Um, and if you remove the people that didn't play at all, it was almost 90% of the games played. So wow. the, the engagement was, was awesome. Uh, but yes, uh, Simon will be going up. No matter whether he likes it or not. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, actually. So I, uh, I planned a trip to Warhammer World mm. with a couple of guys. And it just so happened to be the weekend of the GT. Yeah. And I saw you there. And you were just like, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> it's like, look at all the pretty painted things. It was fun. It was fun. But yeah, I remember him playing. I walked past him and Boris mm. playing. And I was just like, oh, wow, this is awesome. Yeah, I, I, I did fan fanboy a little bit. It was, it was like, oh my god, you're Simon Prudence. I see you in like, all the podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> he's a really nice guy. You, yeah. should, uh, you should speak to him. He's, he's a great guy. It's, uh, I find that quite funny about this whole idea of like 
Warhammer YouTube celebrity yes. like stardom. Yeah, it is funny, isn't it? Like I was talking to uh, Liam from uh, Warhammer the other mm. day, um, and he's he's like totally not used to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things that I think he's he mentioned that he got um, someone recognised him in B and Q, and he was just like, "What? <laughs> this is wow." That's this is when crazy. You know you've made it. Yeah, literally. But as, so there was the. Um, it's uh, do you know, know DZ TV is? Yes, I'm aware. Mm. I've seen it all over Facebook. Ah, it's fantastic. Uh, so I went to their open day mm. uh, last weekend, and it was funny. So Winters SEO is there. Yeah, because um, obviously in, I love the channel. Oh, it's a great channel. But uh, yeah, so he um, was there, and people were taking selfies with him, and you can see he was a little bit like, oh. This is a thing. Not used to it, yeah. Yeah. I find that funny that, like, for such like, a niche sport, well, mm. it's not a sport, like a niche hobby. Should be a sport. Like, Warhammer Olympics coming soon. That would be the <laughs> most. <laughs> it would get seriously intense. I mean, yeah. Uh, actually, saying this, after the Fun and Fluff tournament, mm. I was dying. Yes, it's very tiring. Yeah, it's I mean, serious. it also takes place in a literal dungeon. <laughs> yes. Yeah. If, we, if we could support 100 players. We would run it here. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, I find it funny. Just this, this whole idea of this, yeah, this such niche hobby. Yeah. And like people recognize yeah. if you like put stuff out there. Well, you have that, you have that in, in everything now, don't you? I mean, that's one of, the, one of the perks or curses of social media, I suppose. Indeed. And I, I really like that the hobby is becoming like, A, way more socially acceptable, mm. but also just way bigger. Yes. Like, yeah, 100%. It's one of those, like, it's nice to be able to kind of admit like oh yeah I do this thing yeah yeah I, I think I, that was a, a big thing when I took this on mm. um, you know there's no hiding it anymore people are like, oh what do you do you know um, uh, about that yeah <laughs> for a while it was board game cafe oh, yeah. you know now it's just like it's a big old Warhammer shop yep <laughs> Tell it how we'll it stop um, but yeah no, no it's awesome there's something liberating about embracing it um yeah, maybe, maybe other people didn't have the same experience as, as kids of, of being chastised for. Oh yeah, it was toys, not cool if back you did, in the day. Then, then you probably share the, the um, yeah, the, the jubilation of it being more accepted and, and pretty cool now. Mm. Being a nerd is in. Back in the day, Big Bang Theory was not a thing. Not a thing. No, no. like back when we were kids, Neither like was Stranger Stranger Things or Game of Thrones. Now that's everyone true. wants a piece. D and D as well. You know, very. Um, that's been a huge thing for us. Oh really? Yeah. How so? People love it. Um, I, it's just I think, as we mentioned, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, mm. which I've yet to play. Um, really? And yeah, have you played? I have. Um, oh. I played a campaign with a couple of guys, uh, all of my Warhammer buddies mm. from school. Yeah. Uh, and there were eight of us in the party, so it was like kind of a big deal. Yeah. And the DM, she created a whole custom scenario as well. Okay. Um, Oh my god, it was one of the most fun things I've ever really? done. Really? Oh See, yeah. I think it'd be very fun. Um, every time I bring it up, mm -hmm. uh, I always get the same response from whoever I'm talking to, which is that they think I would be the worst person to play D&D with. Really? Yeah, I think, I think the general, uh, I give off the impression that I wouldn't, um, wouldn't embrace it. Uh, maybe true, you know. I think I'd really enjoy it. But mm. I, I, I don't think I could put on, uh, I wouldn't maybe get into character <laughs> in quite the same way, so I might just be, you know, um, yeah, I think people people think I, I might not dive in, but I would. 
See, I think you'd be good at it. It's on my bucket list, along with LARPing, which is going to happen. LARPing? I want to laugh. That is a... Not anytime soon, but yeah. before I die, I want to I want to dress up as a, a wizard or something and, oh, and wow. run around in a wood somewhere. I mean, even for me, that's a level of nerd that I'm not quite willing to go to. <laughs> I'm totally there. I'm there. Wow, that is impressive. We're going to do it. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Just come in one day, you dress like a wizard behind the bar. Could happen. Could happen. But yeah, no, D&D has been fantastic. And I think it's, um, aside from a, like a real core community that already existed, mm. um, I think, you know, you get lots of new people uh, coming in and wanting to play. Uh, and luckily, because we have a fantastic team of people, mm-hmm. uh, many of whom DM, mm-hmm. um, we can we can accommodate new players. So people come in and they're like, hey, I've heard of this D&D thing. It looks fun. Uh, I've seen mm-hmm. a program. I want to play. Um, and we can we can drop them into a session on our D&D night or we can arrange a time for them to play a game um, and then they're hooked. Um, so yeah, we should give it a go sometime. You could, awesome. show, you could show me the way. Awesome, yeah. Although saying this, my uh, the campaign we played turned out to be... Um, well, it ended very interestingly. Okay. Uh, so I was playing with a buddy of mine, well, all, all friends, uh, and one of the guys in the group is uh, my annoyingly successful friend. Um, he's an actor. Okay. So why annoyingly successful? You're not celebrating his. Um... Oh no, I celebrate his success, but also like he's. It just makes me feel bad about my life because he's done so many cool things. <laughs> like for example, so he's an actor, mm. um, and um, first the first big thing he was in was the Book of Mormon. Ah. Fantastic. So he yeah. was one of the Mormons in the Book of Mormon. Then he was on the international tour of Wicked. Then he was on the West End show of Wicked, and now he's on the tour uh, with uh, Les Mis. Wow. Well, congratulations. Yeah, exactly. But, What's his name? Uh, his name is Nick Corey. Um, you know, I'll, I'll link his Instagram down below in the description. But uh, so basically, he was playing D&D when he was mm. in the group. Just before he had to go on tour um, mm. with um, Wicked. So we were just like, oh. He's going to be gone for a year and a half. We've got to write him out of the story. So with this whole arc about how he was going to be, uh, his character fell to the dark side and like joined up with this, this demon person we were following. Um, long story short, two of the party died, two ran away, my character killed himself. <laughs> One person was left just like standing there. Like, and it was like, oh, cool. I guess like the entire scenario has ended. Sounds like a satisfying end to uh, Bear in mind, many all- hours of... Playing. Oh, like, so that was an eight <laughs> eight month campaign. Wow. So every two two or three weeks, we go around someone's house yeah. and play like an eight hour session. Wow. And all of that, like everyone dying and stuff, happened in the space of about ten minutes. Cool. <laughs> and like we all, literally at the end, we all looked at each other in dead silence. Like, I can't believe that just happened. What? Like what? So yeah, I haven't played D and D since then. <laughs> it is. It, I think it's it's something that just seems so awesome, but it's quite time time intensive mm. potentially and um, when you've got a, a hobby like one already that eats your that's time, true you know, it's, uh... i think there's a lot of crossover as well because if you look at um say the way a lot of people play 40k mm. like i especially play it in a very very fluffy kind of way yes like you've seen my nameplates on my custodians yeah, it puts me to shame it makes me feel very uh, <laughs> very inadequate in that department i'm often ac- accused of uh maybe not bringing the fluffiest <laughs> armies or embracing it too much so, um, what do you bring today? Gunline Tau. Yeah. <laughs> Next my, day, um, what do you bring today? Gunline Ultramarines. Boris got <laughs> incredibly angry with me when I uh, oh, really? said I wanted to call my Dreadnought Optimus Prime or, 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 <laughs> and name, name all of my um, 
Space Marines with with names from the Transformers series. Um, <laughs> oh and he was he was sincerely, you know, not happy, not with a you. fan. Um, so yeah, that's that's a side I have I haven't quite um, embraced um, before. But I'm trying to, I'm trying to do it with Space Marines. You know, I've, I've picked mm-hmm. I've picked a company. Uh, oh you really? Know, I'm, I'm doing the decals and all that. You know, very nice. Scheme, not just snapping it all on. Um, so yeah. What company did you go for? Second. Uh, the gold, uh, the gold, gold and, the, and the blue. Very nice, um, very nice. It's as much as I can tell you right now. Okay. <laughs> I, need to, I need to do some more reading. Um, oh man! But yeah, I, that's a whole other side to the hobby that mm. that is. I think people derive a lot of a lot of enjoyment and satisfaction out of. Um, Absolutely. Actually, remind me later. I need to give you. Um, you haven't read Unremembered Empire yet, have you? I've only read the first three. <sighs> Um, and I didn't read them actually, uh, with the help of Paul, the techno wizard. Um, mm. He got he got them on audiobook for me. I see. Um, so that was a great way to paint and listen to uh, to those. Awesome. But since Paul hasn't sent me the fourth in the series, <laughs> I, it's just stopped for months. Because okay. I'm completely incapable of doing it on my own. <laughs> I'll sort you out later. Fantastic. But yeah, I think. Uh I think that's it for now. Great. I think we're running out of time. Is there anything else you want to add about Bad Moon, your journey, or whatever else? Uh, I, don't, I don't think so. Uh, check us out. Uh, especially check out the league if okay. you want to come and play some great games of 40k. Okay. And uh, probably by the time this launches, we will have an Age of Sigmar league as well. Really? With a similar format. Yes. Oh, wow. Um, cool. So get involved with that. Uh, but like us on Facebook and Instagram, and you can follow what we're up to and all the exciting events we're playing. Fantastic. Okay. Thanks, Will. No problem. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next time. <laughs>